and when we're traveling with Jesus, the devil will put these, these, side, so, uh, these side attractions, and so when we get distracted, we found out that one of those distractions is, is idols, and idols aren't wood and silver and gold and things like that, but an idol is any person, place, or thing that takes our focus away from, from God. And uh, for some of us, that could be hunting or porn or sex or anger or whatever. Uh, the way you deal with, with those idols is that you, uh, you recognize that, uh, that they are something that's taking you away from God. Well, we went up the road a little bit and we saw what addictions were. Uh, the Bible doesn't ever mention the word addiction, but it mentions a word called stronghold. Stronghold is any sinful thought, behavior, or attitude that goes against what God wants, but we think that that's, there's no way we can overcome it. It keeps us in chains and we're shackled. Uh, and what we said last week about those addictions is know the truth. What does God say about your addiction? Uh, what, uh, what, what, what does the Word of God say? And then abide in His truth or soak in His truth like a dirty dish. You can either scrub real hard or soak it in the, in the, uh, in the sink. When you soak it in the sink, that, the food boogers just come off. Remember we talked about that. Uh, when we soak in the presence of God, lots of those addictions, they'll just wipe away, but we have to soak Today, man, we're going to talk about worry uh, because worry is one of those things that consumes us. Uh, last uh, December 21st, uh, NBC News put out a, a story that said that as, as Americans are going into 2023, there's a very high sense of, of worry, of anxiety and fear. And uh, Nancy, uh, Dr. Dr. Lindsay uh, McKernan, she works at uh, Vanderbilt University in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, she's a cognitive therapist. She says that as a people, we have what's called uh, a collective fatigue. We're just worn out over two, year, two years of the pandemic. We're wore out of all this stuff. And we, we, we tend to, to worry more. We tend to be stressed out more. Uh, we're worried about uh, our health. We're worried about China and Russia stuff over our heads. We're worried about keeping our jobs. We're worried about our health. We're worried about our pensions. We're worried about our portfolios. We're, we're concerned about a bunch of stuff. Uh, this is what Dr. McKernan said. She said, we're a little more worn down. And sometimes when you're a little more worn down, then you become more susceptible to the effects of stress. Some of the effects of stress are anxiety, fear, and, and worry. So that's kind of where we're at. But, but y'all, all of those things are responders. Emotions are responders. Uh, worry is a response. Fear is a response. Anxiety is a response. They don't think. Emotions just respond. Sort of like putting your hand on a hot oven. Nobody has to tell you, take your hand off of the hot oven. I mean, it's a response. And that's what emotions are. Uh, those emotions can steer you. They can take you away from God. And we're going to talk about that. Uh, today, but let me give you this disclaimer. You might be sitting here uh, and listening to this message, and maybe there is a psychological reason or a chemical imbalance, and your anxiety really doesn't have anything to do with with who you are. You can't control that. Uh, and if that's the case, then you know there, sometimes you need medication. Sometimes you need a good psych- uh, psychiatrist. Sometimes you need counseling, but guys. I'm not talking about that type of anxiety today. I'm not talking about that kind of fear and worry. Uh, I'm talking about just the everyday stuff that comes our way, things that eat us up on the inside. Uh, We're talking about life circumstances, uh, our emotions, uh, because those emotions, those negative emotions, that worry and fear, man, they can become your boss. You can get so much anxiety and fear that it'll keep you up at night. And so you've got a boss that tells you when you can go to bed. Or maybe you're 
you wake up worried, and it's like, man, I can't even get out of bed. So you've got worry that will tell you when you can go to bed and when you can get up. You've got worry that just consumes you. Well, that is not the way that we're built. Believers in Jesus Christ, anxiety should never own us. Worry should never own us. Fear should never warn, uh, uh, own us as Christians. It should never tell us when to go to bed. It should never tell us when to get up. Now, there's a difference between concern and worry. Okay? Normal people are concerned. Normal people are concerned because there's things in our life that we have to plan for. We have to anticipate. We have to pray about. But here's the difference, the main difference between concern and worry. Concern, you control. You control your concern. Worry, anxiety, fear, well, that controls you. You control your concern. Worry controls you. Life brings concern that we do need to address. And, and really what worry is, worry is concern that's went haywire. Worry is concern that's went off the reservation. Worry is concern that has mutated. And that's what really we struggle with. And we, we, we fight those things. Uh, but there is a U-turn to get away from that. Like there was a U-turn for idols. Like there's a U-turn for addictions. There is a U-turn for worry. And we're going to talk about that. And there's just basically two simple ones. Getting your emotions moving in the right direction. You've already went off the ramp. You've already went off the road that Jesus has for you. How do we get back to where we need to be? So we need to focus our emotions in the right direction. Isaiah 26 verse 3 through 4 says, You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast, set, because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord, the Lord is the rock eternal. It means the Lord is your peace of mind. He is your stability. He is your unmoving rock. You understand that He is sovereign. Church, say sovereign. It means there's nobody above Him. It means that He is over science. He is over medicine. He is over philosophy. He is over it all. He's over the earth. He's over you. He is not limited. And listen to me. Listen to me closely on this. God is not limited by time and space. He's not limited by physics. He's not limited by science. Okay, science does not tell God who God is. All right, so uh, all of these things stack up to the fact that our God is sovereign. He's over everything and He is in control. He's behind the wheel. He's got this. His truth becomes your truth. When, you put, uh, when we put our trust in Him, when we put our trust in Him, there's not a lot of room for worry. When we put our trust in Him, knowing that He is sovereign, there's not a lot of room for fear or, 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 uh, or anxiety to come into our life because we realize that He is in the driver's seat. Listen to how Jesus describes the antidote to anxiety. John 16, Y'all, I've told you these things so that in me, in me, in me, you may have peace. In this world, I promise you that you will have trouble. But take heart. Be of good cheer because I've overcome all this stuff that you're worried about. It's already dead and stinking. I did it. So Jesus didn't say that our lives are going to be super great, no problem. Whew, you know, just it's all going to be good. In fact, man, the exact opposite is true. He says, hey, y'all are going to have some tough times. Y'all are going to go through some stuff. Y'all are going to have some tribulations. But then Jesus says, it's cool. Take heart. Be of good cheer. Why? Because Jesus has said, all that stuff you're worried about, I've overcome. Church, when we, are li- when we align ourselves with the undefeated Jesus, you've got to understand something. We're on the team that's already defeated all this stuff. His victory becomes your victory. His peace becomes your peace. His joy becomes your joy. Jesus didn't say our lives would be 
problem-free. He just says that we can travel with him. And we, too, can overcome worry when we, oh, when we remember who our Heavenly Father is, who is over everything. Living a life of peace and calms, it starts right here. Living a life of peace and calm starts with your thoughts. It does start with your mind. Even when the Holy Spirit is saying, oh, man, you've got to let that stuff go. He's saying let stuff go in your mind. Let things go with your thoughts. And when you allow yourself to think about, what you allow yourself to think about directly impacts your level of peace. What you allow yourself to think about determines your level of hope. And here's the thing, the devil knows that. The devil knows what's ever in our mind will begin to control and begin to steer our lives. So he'll fill our minds with, with, with negative thoughts, with sinful thoughts, with, with all kinds of things. The devil will give us chaos and anxiety and fear. And Jesus is saying, I don't give chaos, I give calm. Jesus says, I don't give anxiety, I give peace. Jesus says, I don't give fear, I give joy. So whoever or whatever controls your thoughts controls your emotions. They steer your car. They steer your life. Have you ever taken your eyes off the road when you're driving? You're looking to the left-hand side, and before too long you realize that you're going in that direction. Or maybe you're looking at the right-hand side. Maybe there's a, some, some deer over there. And before too long you notice, and you're hitting, those, uh, you're, hitting the, you're hitting the gravel. Wherever your eyes go, it seems like your hands will follow. Wherever your mind goes, whatever thoughts are your mind, impure, unholy, uh, not of God, a violation of God's divine standard. Anytime we get our eyes off God, our lives will typically go in that direction. Because wherever our mind is, our emotions will follow. Where you set your mind will determine the direction of your emotions. And the devil knows this truth, so he seeks to influence us. The devil knows this truth, so he seeks to infiltrate our mind. And the more that the devil will speak to us and influence us, there's less room for God's truth and God's peace and God's calm to be in our mind. So he fills us with all this junk, whether it's on the radio, whether it's on the TV, whether it's on social media, whether it should work in the break room. He will fill our minds with this stuff to keep God out of it. Uh, speaking of music... Uh, Man, the big, everybody's talking about the, the, uh, the Grammy Awards this, uh, this past week or whatever with Sam Smith and Kim uh, Petrus performing a song called Unholy. And it was just nothing but a, but a blatant satanic ritual on TV. But I'm not going to talk about that because y'all are probably already mad about it anyway. I want to give you another story that you probably didn't see. But if you want to confirm the story, it's, it was printed in the Albuquerque Journal uh, on Monday. Um, and don't forget, my, my, my point is this. The devil is trying to consume our thoughts and put his lie into our mind to push God out. Uh, in New Mexico, there, uh, this group started in Massachusetts, but this group, um, the uh, TST, is allowing any woman in New Mexico, they'll send them a, 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 a medical abortion kit. It's, just, it's, a, it's a pill that they can take and it'll abort the baby. They'll, they'll send you this. But here's the thing. Listen to me. You take the, the kit, but you have to, as a mama, you have to uh, say that you will do two things. And what the TST group is, it's the Satanic Temple. And they send you this kit, but you have to perform a satanic ritual. Albuquerque Journal, Monday. The author's, the author's name of the piece was Rick uh, Nathanson. 
And you say, preacher, I didn't hear this. Well, no, you heard about Sam Smith, but you didn't hear about this. And I'm not going to give you the screenshots because I just don't want to do that. Um, But you get the medication in the mail, and then they tell you to find a quiet place, get in front of a mirror, because you're praying to yourself, you're your own God. It's all about you. And then you recite the uh, Satanic Temple's third and fifth tenets, which are all about self-worship. And I'm not even going to put those up there. But uh, suffice to say that part of that, it says, uh, it's all about my will being done. That's a direct, that's a direct contradiction to uh, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's, but you see, it's all about us from the enemy. It's all about us being happy, us being content, us being who we want to be, us starting our own course, us choosing our own road and things like that. This is directly from that site. And by the way, they call the abortion an abortion ritual. It's a sacrifice. Not my word, y'all, theirs. I know, man, it's gross. But here's the thing. I'm giving you the story, and I, what, what, what the media wants me to do is give you this so y'all be mad and upset and things like that, and we get mad at everybody else in the country. I'm not telling you that. For, I'm not telling you this story for that. I'm not trying to make you mad. I'm wanting you to understand the tools and the tactics of the enemy. That's why I'm sharing this story. The Satanic Simple writes, The Satanic Abortion Ritual is a destruction ritual. That serves as a protective right. Its purpose is to cast off notions of guilt, shame, and mental discomfort experiencing due to choosing to have a legally and medically uh, safe abortion. The TST's abortion ritual can be performed to address definable concerns or over, over to overcome unproductive feelings. The ritual, which includes the abortion itself, spans the entirety of the pregnancy termination procedure. There are steps to be performed during and after the medical or surgical abortion. Church, I've I've got two observations that I need to make. Number one, the devil sure has come a long way from backward masking on Black Sabbath records to get his message out. You don't got to play Black Sabbath. Sabbath backwards. You don't have to play ACDC backwards. There's no more having to play your, back, your records backwards. It's out there. It's blatant. That's his tactic. But the second thing I want to give you is this. Genesis chapter 3. The serpent, the Satan, uh, Satan is talking to Eve, talking about the, the garden, talking about that tree that God said, y'all don't need to eat off that. But God did say, you must not eat from the tree that's in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you're going to die. The devil says, oh, you're not going to die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat of that tree, your eyes will be opened, and you'll be like God. You'll be your own God, and I think you know more than he does anyway. Uh, You don't have to feel guilt or shame or anything like that, man. It's all about you. It's all about you being happy, getting what you want. Man, if you want a bite of that tree, just go on up there and get you some. He don't really care. My second observation is this. The dude's message hasn't changed since Genesis 3. He hasn't had original thought in his entire life. 
His message hasn't changed since the garden. He's saying, don't feel guilt. Don't feel shame. You know better than God. You can be God if you want to. Church, the devil is a liar. Always has been. Always will be. He's the father of all lies. When he speaks, he speaks of his native tongue. Which is the language of lying. Church, if you have... uh, Listen to me. Moms, maybe you've had an abortion in here. I want you to understand something. God loves you. And He wants to restore you. And He wants to heal you. It is not an unpardonable sin. So I'm not trying to put that guilt on you. What I want you to understand is that the devil is trying to fill our minds with all kinds of satanic, demonic thoughts from the pits of hell so God's truth won't reside in our mind. The devil knows that. And here's the thing. If we, if we, if we, uh, if, if we just ignore it and say, oh, it's no, it's no big deal, the devil's cool with that. He could care less if you take him seriously. He takes it seriously. This stuff is real, guys. So how do we focus our thoughts? Jeremiah 17, verse 7 through 8. But the person who trusts in the Lord will be what? You trust in the Lord, you're going to be blessed. You trust in Him, you're going to know what I mean. The Lord will show him that he can be trusted. He will be strong like a tree planted near the water that sends its roots into the stream. Why is that a big deal, Brother Mike? Because it's not afraid when the days are hot. Because it's hooked into the source. And its leaves are always green. That tree that's planted by the stream, it doesn't worry in a year when there's drought. Because it will always produce the fruit because its roots are connected into the source. There's no more drama when we trust the Lord to provide our needs. Even when it doesn't look like there's any way possible God can come through for us. Even though it looks like the situation is helpless and hopeless. If we trust God, we know that we serve a God who can make us bloom even when it hasn't rained in a year. He can make our leaves green even when it's a drought. You see, little rain doesn't stop our God from blooming a, a, a garden in the desert. That don't bother Him. He's sovereign, man. He's over all of it. God will make a way when we don't think there is a way that can be made. And the thing is, the devil will attack us all the time saying, Your God ain't all that. <laughs> Stupid old book. You really trust that? Are you sure? I'm telling you right now, there is a blanket of confusion and doubt over this generation in, in our world right now. Questioning everything of God, questioning everything of His Word, questioning everything of the church. And church, you need to be praying because if for the grace of God, there will be some even of the elect that are led astray. Breacher. We trust the Lord can provide for our needs. No more drama even during the times of drought. Church, God is not bound by the laws of science. He is not bound by the laws of physics, time, space, or matter. God's over all that. Don't ever forget that. And that's why Jeremiah said, but the person who trusts in the Lord, focuses on the Lord, has their mind in that direction. Science has no say over our God because God is over all. He doesn't need water to make your, your leaves grow. The next time you worry or you fear, you send your trust in God to answer the door, church. Remind yourself of who is running the world. It's not the enemy, it's God. Here's the, here's the most important thing. Not only is he running the world, he's running your world. He's running your world. Do you trust him enough to do that? When we worry, we've forgotten who our daddy is. When we worry, we've forgotten who our papa and what he's like. 
forgot that he's behind the wheel. Church, he knows what he's doing. He, 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 uh, he does it in his way. So lots of times we don't grasp it. We don't understand it. We don't get it all. But this is what I know. God's good. He knows what he's doing. And if that's the case, then whatever comes my way, I always want that to be the first thought in my mind. God's care for me, God's love for me, God's power for me ought to, ought to, ought to set my, my heart at ease. Basically, what I'm saying is this. The more heavenly minded you are, the less earthly worry is going to come into your life. The more heavenly minded you are, the less earthly worry is going to come into your life. All right, now that we're here, we're heading in the right direction. We know where we need to be. How do we make that, that U-turn? How do we turn on our signal so we can get back? All right, I'm on the last part of this message, y'all. It feels like, are, are the lyrics good? All right, we'll try it again maybe. Uh, now that we know where we need to be headed, let's do the turnaround. Getting your emotions into the U-turn. There are three solid moves that can take us in that direction. Three solid moves. And here's the first one. Number one, challenge your thoughts. Church, say challenge your thoughts. Challenge your thoughts. Have, uh, I'm a little bit of a clothes hound. I like, I like, I like clothes. Uh, but I don't like to spend money. Uh, what I found out is over there in China, you can order stuff, and it comes in, and it's not the best quality, I mean, things like that, but it looks good one time, okay? Uh, when I first started doing that, uh, I ordered a 2X. I thought, you know, 2X will fit. I get that thing, look like a busted can of biscuits, you know, when I'm trying to put the buttons on you know even if they'll meet you know sometimes you just you know like that you know uh and i looked at, at the dadgum label and sure enough it said 2x so you know what i did i tried it on again okay still wouldn't fit still bulging it's like a fat guy and a little cold but this is what i found out after about the third time over in china 2x is not the 2x we have over here the 2X I know is the truth. The 2X I know I can fit into. The 2X I know I can wear. But if I get 2X from, from China, it might say 2X, but it's lying. I think the devil will give us all kinds of stuff on it that has a label on it that we think is good and kosher and true. But when we really get a part of it and we consume it and it gets a part, of, uh, it becomes a part of who we are, we find out that it's mislabeled. He's lying. What he's telling us doesn't really stack up. We might take it off the rack thinking it's the truth, but all the time it's a lie. Church, when the troubling and disruptive thoughts present themselves to you as true, I can always tell when that shirt's small than they send me from China because I can, I can put it up next to a shirt from J.C. Penney and it's like, okay, that J.C. Penney shirt, that's right. I put that Chinese shirt up there and it looks like a toddler outfit. When we take the lie of the enemy and we put it up against the truth of God, we see exactly the trash he was trying to tell us and pass off as truth. Oh, that don't match up. The buttons don't fit. Sleeves are too short. 
And now we can say, okay, well, I don't want what you're selling. I want what my Heavenly Father is selling. Church, if we think, oh, listen to me. If we think one way and the Bible says something different, it's not the Bible that's wrong, it's you. I love you. I love you with all my heart. But anytime our thinking doesn't match up with the Scripture, it's never God that's wrong. He's the true 2X, if you will, to get your mind on that one. If you let these satanic thoughts stay in your mind, if you let these satanic thoughts consume you, you're never going to have peace. You'll never have joy. Now, I'm not saying God can't do a miracle in your life because he absolutely can. He can bless you in a second. He can do more for you in three seconds than a therapist can do in three years. I'm not debating that. But I'm saying typically, if you let these satanic thoughts stay in your mind, you're not going to reverse the consequences of anxiety and worry. Okay, preach, so what I got to do? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. For though we live in this world, we do not wage in this world the way, uh, the world, the way, okay. Do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, our weapons, they have a divine power to demolish what? Those strongholds of negative, sinful thinking patterns of, of attitudes and behavior. We have something inside of us that can fight those things that are in our mind that keep us in bondage. We demolish arguments and every uh, pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Anything that tells us that the Chinese 2X is the same size as God's 2X. We know they don't match up, but we have something inside of us that will help us know the truth. We don't have to fall for that. We demolish every argument. And we demolish every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we do what? We take it captive. We bring it down. We own it. We take captive every thought to make it obedient. To who? To Christ. Preach. Is that really in the Bible? Yeah, it's really in the Bible. We take those thoughts captive. And by the way, I don't know about you, but not all of my thoughts obey Jesus. Man, sometimes I just think I should take my mind out and scrub it. Because they don't. And the truth is, I would say that all of us would say the same thing if we're honest. Do, ever, do, do all of our thoughts obey Jesus? No. Well, like, like, like what, Brother Mike? Well, here's one. You ever have the, the enemy just convince you that you are, you're the worst person on earth? How could God love you after all that you've said and all that you've done and who you've been with? How could God love me? How could he use me? How could he bless me? Let alone just look at me. And the devil will make us think that we are the least loved in all of God's family, even if we're, even if, if we're in God's family at all. Tell you what... In nearly 40 years of ministry, I have never seen the amount of Christians struggle with keeping their faith than I have right now. They're even doubting, they're doubting God. They're doubting their faith. And church, there's no doubt in my mind, that is nothing but a last end time scheme of the enemy. I see Christians who've been Christians for 50 and 60 years. They're saying, preach, I'm not even really sure if this is real. Church, don't forget where you've been the last 60 years and every hill and valley that the Lord has brought you through. He's still the same God. The devil is getting you to doubt what you... Oh, whoo! The devil will make you doubt in the dark what God's revealed to you in the light. And that's always the truth. 
So we take these thoughts captive. Well, Brother Mike, I'm not unworthy. Well, let's, let's lift that 2X Chinese shirt up against God's 2X. Romans chapter 5, 8. I keep talking like that. We'll never have any Asian folks in the church. I don't mean it mean. I'm just saying that's where they come from, okay? These, these shirts. Romans 5, 8. But God showed his great love for you and me. <laughs> While we were what? When we were at the toughest time, when our minds were having the worst thoughts, when we were doing the worst acts, when we had the snottiest behavior, God says, hey, I love you so much I'm going to send my son to die for you. God, don't you see how horrible and wretched I am? He said, absolutely. Didn't you hear me say I'm going to send my son for you? I know know you, but I also know him. Church. We have within inside of us what we need to have peace. The devil will tell you that you're trash, that you're a horrible person. But God tells you, dude, I love you beyond measure. Who are you going to listen to? The father of all lies or the lover of your soul? Challenge your thoughts, y'all. Once you've identified which thoughts don't match up with God's truth, now you've got a choice. What am I going to do with this thing the devil's told me? That is in direct violation of what God said. What am I going to do with it? Am I going to keep buying what he's saying? Or am I going to start buying some things from, from the Lord? When your thoughts about ourselves or our thoughts about others are negative, which will happen, we got to check ourselves against the Word of God. So, first off, just challenge your thoughts. Number two, change your mind. Change your thoughts. Challenge your thoughts, then change them. If and when your mind focuses on Christ and the assuring Word of God, your emotions will ground themselves in the truth and care of Him. When we can focus our minds, change our thoughts, but in those times when you set your mind on worry, when you set your time on fear or unknowns, or you play out in your mind those scenarios that could happen, they'll keep you up, they'll make you have ulcers, they'll make your stomach turn, your emotions will reflect those thoughts as well. Have you ever been so worried it just makes you physically sick? Cousin, I'm telling you, that's real. You can change your thoughts by either releasing them. You can change your thoughts either by releasing them. To me, that just means walking away from them. Or you can take those thoughts and you can hold them up to the truth of God's Word. Get more information on those thoughts you're, you're having and get to see what God says. Brother Mike, what do you mean by releasing your thoughts? not every time Pam's, uh, Miss Pam says something that gets sideways with me, I don't have to freak out every time that happens. In my mind, I see a suitcase on my, on my right that says, that, that says offense, and the other one says just let it go. Somebody tells you something, you have a choice to make at that moment. You can either choose to pick it up and get mad, ticked off, throw things, Or you can just choose to say, you know what, this time I ain't going to pick nothing up. I'm just going to release it and walk away. You don't have to get mad every time. Those thoughts that are eating you up, I'm going to tell you something that's going to set some of you free. You don't have to pick up those thoughts. That's a choice. I'm not telling you don't be concerned. I'm telling you don't worry. And that other part of 
placing our thoughts up against God and seeing what He says about them. Remember, your thoughts control your emotions. Your thoughts control your emotions. You can change your thoughts by either releasing them or getting more information on those thoughts based on God's Word. Let me read to you a prescription. This is in the book of Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 34. You ever get a prescription from a doctor? I think we've got a prescription on the, on the microwave at the house, prednisone. I think it was from like 2014, 2015. Never got it filled. Primarily, prednisone is a pain to take. You've got to take like 15,000 on day one, 13,000 on day two. And it's just a mess. So I ain't got, th- I ain't got time for that. Uh, so it never, it never got to, apparently got well, but I never, you know, I, n- I never got that prescription filled. Prescriptions, uh, prescriptions are only good if you do two things. Number one, you actually got to take it to the pharmacist to get it filled. Okay, check number one box. Number two, you take that medicine home and you take it the way that it's prescribed. When you take the medicine the way that it's prescribed, you're going to get some healing. You're going to get some release. Uh, release. Uh, you're going, you're going to feel better. You got to do those two things. Okay, Doctor Jesus gives us a prescription. Matthew chapter six, verse twenty-five. For this reason, I say to you, do not be anxious for your life as to what you shall eat or what you'll drink or your body as to what you shall put on. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look, the birds of the air, they ain't freaking out. They don't sow, do they reap, nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father, He feeds them every morning. Aren't you worth more than just a couple of old birds? And which of you is being anxious? can add a single second to your lifespan. And why, and why are you anxious or worrying about clothes, even if they come from China, too small? Observe how the lilies of the field, they grow. They don't toil, they don't spin, they, they ain't freaking. Yet I say to you that even Solomon, King Solomon, David's boy, uh, in all of his glory, he didn't look as good as they did. But if God so arrays or dresses the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, How much more is he going to do for you? O men, women of little faith, don't be anxious then, saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we clothe ourselves with. For all these things the the lost uh, lost people eagerly seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Okay, so what do we do? You seek God first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And then all these things, all those things you're worried about, all those things that you're fearful about, all those things that is eating and consuming your mind, all of those things you can trust God for. Seek Him first. That's pointing our thoughts in His direction. Church, change your thoughts. Jesus gives us a prescription here in Matthew 6, 25-24. What's the prescription? He says, do not what? He says, do not what? There's your prescription. That's the medicine. I don't know about you. That's some bitter medicine to swallow. But Jesus says, do not worry. Now, these things don't mean anything unless we apply them. It's like the prescription for prednisone on top of the microwave at the house. It does no good as long as it stays right there on the page. It's okay. as um, It won't bother me as long as I just keep it right there. But church, in order for that to to make a difference, I've got to go get it filled. It has to be applied. I have to take advantage of it. I have to make sure that my prescription is delivered. Number two, and by the way, Jesus said do not what? I want you to think for a second. Anytime we violate God's, uh, God's divine standard, 
by commission or omission is called sin. When we don't do what God says. And I'm going to freak some of you out here. Jesus said, do not worry. So if we worry, what does that mean we're doing? That stinks, don't it? Jesus literally told us three or four times, do not worry, do not worry, do not worry, do not worry. Other times he says, be of good cheer, take heart. Prioritize God as the preeminent in your life, which means this. God, your will is going to be the first thing in my life. And when I have a, bar, a, 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 a difficult time, when the enemy is barraging my mind with negative thoughts, Lord, I'm going to run to you. I'm going to run to you. You're going to be the first person I think of when worry comes. Jesus said, don't worry. So if we're worrying, it means we're sinning. So we change our thoughts. All right, let's challenge our thoughts, change our thoughts, and lastly, charge your thoughts. Church, say charge your thoughts. Y'all ready for spring? Hallelujah. My God, I think this winter has went on for seven or eight years. Cooner, I was trying to get the side-by-side going this week. And my battery was dead. So I got out the charger and I put it on there. My charger was Pam's dad's and her Pam's dad. It was junk when it was given to me, okay? You understand? It's one of them things, but I can't throw it away because Bill gave, me, gave it to me. It's wonky. It's hair-lipped. I put that thing on there. Sparks are jumping, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, well, I'll let it set overnight. Go over there the next morning, ain't nothing. So I have to go buy a new battery. But the thing is, I tried to let it pick up the charge first, that trickle charge. Our soul is similar to the battery in this sense. From time to time, we need to be charged by the Holy Spirit. You know what? Time to time is second by second. We need God to charge our thinking. God to charge our thought. And it'll charge, and Brother Michael, well, how do I do that? You soak in the presence. You get in His Word. I'm limited, I love you guys so much. Man, if this is your relationship with God, this one hour on Sunday, you ain't got no relationship. Not much to speak of. I love you. I know that don't make it any better, and that doesn't make the, the medicine go down any smoother, but, but church... We have to realize we're in a love relationship with Jesus or we're just an acquaintance. Where are you at? Jesus is saying, charge it, plug into me and let me fill your mind. Our thoughts are changed by God's word to bring us peace and to calm our emotions. And if you're not in a daily routine of reading your Bible, this is a great place to start. You can start today. Uh, we, we drop scripture every morning on our church Facebook page, Chester I-L-F-B-C. If you want a reading plan that you can hold in your hand, talk to Miss Pam. She'll give you one. Don't be afraid. Well, some Brother Mike, that sounds too easy. Don't be afraid of Don't be afraid of doing the easy things. Here's the thing. We think that we have to manufacture something in order to receive release from worry. God's saying, no, you don't have to manufacture anything. You just got to trust me. I'll change your mind. I'll change your heart. I'll give you peace. I'll give you calm. It takes charging our thoughts and plugging in. If I could have every head bowed and every eye closed, if my team would come up and begin to help me. You know what, I would say that today's snafu is probably on purpose. I want you to think, my dear friend, I want you to think about 
that area in your life that you're worried about that keeps you up. That it's more than just concern. It's concern that's went haywire. It's concern that's went off the reservation. It's concern that has... Taking you hostage. Concern, real concern doesn't do that. Concern's healthy. Worry's unhealthy. Maybe you've been worried about this thing for a very long time that's in your mind. It's a worry that's consumed you for a very long time. I want you to think about what that is. I want you to think about, I want you to think about what you're struggling and what you're battling right now. It's a disease. It's a disease that's eating you up because it's taking away your joy in the Lord. Man, it could be your health. It could be your finances. It could be whatever. But man, you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. You're tired with every thought that comes to your mind. If you ain't thinking about it, then you're going to be thinking about it. And it just eats you up. I'm going to ask if you would please stand on your feet with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Today, if you're going to start changing some of those thought patterns and some of those preoccupations with worry and fear, and stress and anxiety. Today you want to be free of that. Today you're making a commitment to God saying, God, today I'm challenging those thoughts and I'm changing those thoughts and I'm charging those thoughts in Jesus. In my reading this morning, I was in the book of Leviticus and it was about three chapters of of how the priests deal with people who have skin disease. And I'm going to be honest with you, I struggled to get through those chapters. But the one thing I noticed is as a priest would look at those skin diseases, the goal was always to bring that person back into a relationship with God. It was always to bring that person back into the congregation, always to bring that person back into the family of God. And they would come to the priest and say, okay, I'm healed. I'm setting it free. And that priest would take oil or blood and he would anoint the right ear because it was a way of saying, I'm going to listen for the voice of God. I'm going to listen for his, his communication. I'm going to listen for his, his, uh, his plea in my life. I'm going to listen for his word. And then the priest would anoint that right, that right thumb on that person, which is a way of saying, my life is consecrated and ordained by you. Uh, it is, I'm, I'm going to do the things for the kingdom of God that I should be doing. I'm going to ask blessing God on my right hand as I move and operate in my daily life. And then the priest would anoint the right toe of that person, which is to say, Lord, any place I put my foot, I'm going forward in the kingdom of God. Any place I place my foot, I'm moving forward into freedom and into victory and into healing. And then I thought, well, dummy, I've got a whole church full of people here today who's going to be seeking release, seeking healing. Seeking deliverance from thoughts that have consumed their mind just as much as leprosy on the skin. Worry can be a leprosy of the mind. Or worry can be a leprosy of the mind. Anxiety can be a leprosy of the mind. 
Fear can be a leprosy of the mind. Today, I'm encouraging you to seek the power of healing in the name and by the blood of Jesus. And let's just turn this mess over to him. What I would like to do is this. When you've reached the point in this invitation, the call to respond, the challenge, and you know what it is that you need to repent and leave behind. You know what it is that you need to let go to move forward. What I'm going to do this morning is this. As you come forward, I'm going to anoint two things. I'm going to anoint your right ear and I'm going to anoint your, your right thumb. Your right hand is the hand of blessing. And I'm just going to speak a word of blessing over you this morning. I'm just going to speak a word of blessing over you this morning. And when you leave here today, I want you to understand something. You're going to smell that oil for a little bit. You're going to smell that anointing. And I want, it to, I want you to remember why the oil was applied. Because you're claiming victory. The reason why the oil was applied because this is the next phase of your life. The reason that the oil was applied because you're leaving behind disease and walking forward into health. Well, Brother Mike, are you sure that works? I'm sure of God. I'm sure of Him. And I guess that's really all we need. I don't got to understand him. I don't got to have to explain him. But I'm going to trust him. Almighty God, as I open up this invitation, I pray that, Lord, I have complete permission to do this. And I believe I do. But, Lord, I pray for every man, woman, and student that comes forward as a demonstrative display of leaving some negative thoughts worry and fear and anxiety behind and Father God today they walk forward into a new life a new thought life a place where we control the concern and we stop letting worry control us Father God we step forward in faith we step forward in promise and in hope and it's in Jesus' name I pray. And amen. Team, what are we going to sing? Would you come this morning? It won't take long. I'm not going to have you up here forever. I just want to bless you.